The other night, my adult sons, a couple of them, were playing a video game. That's funny. Adults playing video games. Is that funny? I enjoy it. I enjoy video games. Not as much as they do. Wow, I'm not even 20 seconds in and I'm digressing. Okay, so they're playing video games. And I'm not sure why it came up. Maybe one of them who's out of college was picking on the other who is sitting out a semester. I'm not sure. But it, they were talking about college. And my, you know, when you think of college, of course you think of me. I don't, I don't know how I came up in their conversation, but they called me down there. Hey, Dad, didn't it take you nine years to get through college? Yes, it did. Not, well, eight Nine, if you count the year I took the year off in the middle there. But yes. And they, the, one of the sons said, didn't you graduate with honors? And I said, yes, I graduated with honors. And the other, one of my other sons said, how, dad, you're a dumbass. <laughs> now that might offend you. And you might think, whoa, he lets his sons talk to him like that? And whoa. His sons think it's okay to talk to him like that? Yeah, it's perfectly fine. Words have absolutely no power. It's not the words that have the power. It's the meaning we give those words. I hear somebody call me a dumbass. I could imagine all kinds of things. I think they don't like me. I could. That's one of the things I could imagine. But I'm not going to get harp on that part this evening, but words don't bother me. And plus, he was making a joke, and yes, we do talk to each other like that, because that's just the way we are. We don't let words scare us. So, dad's a dumbass. Back to the story. So I'm standing in the hallway and and say, yeah, I did. It took me, I had a D average in school, the first four years of school, three or four years. And I started to tell them they weren't. They lost interest, though, as soon as I acknowledged the fact that, yes, I, had, I was failing, and then, yes, I graduated with honors. But uh, it all kind of came back to me. I know in an earlier episode of Feeling Twisty, I mentioned how I didn't realize what I was doing, how I was putting myself into the radio, uh, the newsroom, at the microphone, even before I got the job, and how I was going into imagination. I was feeling it to be real. I was doing all the things that Neville teaches in his books and his lectures and what Mr. 2020 teaches. And that was back 20 some odd years ago. I had no idea that I was doing that technique. And I thought that was the earliest real solid time that I had used uh, imagination, gone knowingly within and put myself somewhere else. Uh, not the case. As my sons brought it up to me, I remembered what had happened in college, the turning point, this tipping point between academic probation and graduating with honors. If It's just uh, cum laude. It wasn't the other two, either one of those. But I'm happy. I, hell, I was happy I graduated. You know what I'm saying? After that many, <laughs> that many years. So I had come across... In that interim, that gap year I took, uh, is that a gap year when you just take after three or three and a half years of failing and still being a freshman in college? 
if you take a year off, is that a gap year? I don't know. But my dad had had enough of that, of me failing, and told me I'm done paying for it. Because back then, well, I'm sure there was, yeah, well, he paid. He had to pay every year. And I just screwed that up. Sorry, Pops. So he drops me, and I take a year off before I head back to school. And I'd come across uh, a VHS tape, a seminar or lecture that my mom had bought for me back in high school, back in the mid-80s, late-80s, late-80s. It doesn't matter. Called Where There's a Will, There's an A by Dr. I can't remember his first name, either Robert Olney, James Olney, Paul Olney. If you want to check it out, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube now. I think I still have my old VHS tape, though. Olney, O-L-N-E-Y, I think. Anyway, so he starts talking about how it is possible to change your grades and you can be a better student and all this stuff. And he did mention, you know, lean forward on your de- in your desk. Hold your pencil in your hand. But... There's the thing he mentioned that really stuck with me and, and fired my imagination was uh, he mentioned Dr. Joseph Murphy and the power of the subconscious mind. So I started reading that book and a lot of interesting, cool things in there. And that's when the, my first real experience of there's more to this world than what I've been led to believe. Whoa. That there's more to it. Now, uh, Again, Joseph Murphy in his books, he doesn't use the same language Neville does. And he talks a lot about impressing the subconscious, that there's the there's a unifying consciousness that we're all part of. I think, I'm, I haven't read his books in so long, but he, he does talk about the conscious and the subconscious. Perfectly all right to do. Uh, at this point in my life, I just, for me, it just adds more to it that I don't need to be there. I don't need to think of my subconscious and my conscious as being two different minds, two different parts. Because for me, it just adds a little bit of separation. And if the I am within me is the true source and the only source, the one God that's in all, through all, above all, like it says in Ephesians 4, uh, f- five and six, then I don't need to worry about dividing up between subconscious and conscious and super, uh, super conscious, super conscious or over, over soul, uh, all these terms, uh, nothing wrong with them. But for me, I don't need to add anything into it if I already know that I am, the I am within me, my own awareness is the only thing that's there. I don't need to separate it and add divi- little divisions in there. Uh, back to the story. He talks about a lot of impressing the subconscious. He also uses a, a lot of uh, affirmations. Write this down and say this, repeat this uh, over and over. His affirmations and doing affirmations never worked for me because uh, I couldn't have explained this back then. But now, kind of the same thing I just said about uh, creating divisions within my mind uh, that the affirmations was if I, I was trying to communicate something to the universe or to this over soul or this super conscious this 
outward force, this force outside of me that I could connect with and vibrate with to get what I wanted. Uh, and plus, any, the affirmations just started a battle within me. So for me, that was a, a waste of time. And again, for me, divides things up and creates a little bit of a separation. I don't need to affirm anything if I know what I'm imagining, what I assume to be true, my concept of myself is what I'll experience. I don't need to convey that message to anybody. No one's out there in the universe listening, waiting for me to find you know, Abraham and vibrate with him. It's nothing outside of me, nothing outside of you. So, but I digress. Back to the story back in college. So I'm, Joseph Murphy it, uh, loved his book. I still have a copy of it, not the original that I'd gotten way back then, but I still have a few of his books. Uh, we talked about, and I'm not sure where in the book he mentions this, and I don't feel like digging through it, but... He talks about imagining a scene, and that's what I started doing. Had, and this is way before I'd ever heard of Neville, uh, Neville Goddard, or Mr. 2020, or anything about imagination being uh, another name for God, or our awareness, our I amness. Hadn't heard those terms yet. This is all still new to me. But what I was doing nightly, most nights, definitely the nights before my tests, because this, this is the point I'm getting to, how I went from academic probation or near academic probation. I was a tenth of a point away from being on academic probation. Before the tests, the, the night before the test, now let me go back. When I, I was going to class, I did, that was one of the major changes I made from the first several years of being a freshman. I started at actually attending class, but I never studied. I never sat down and crammed or went over anything. I just went to class. And I knew, I, I knew that if I'm there, this is from Joseph Murphy's talk teaching that, that, and he was talking, calling it the super conscious or the over conscious. I can't remember, but this bigger consciousness that we're all a part of that everything I read and hear and experience is already is there already to be recalled at, at, at the appropriate time. So in the, at night, before the test, now if it was a Scantron test, I would do one thing uh, as far as the scene goes. If it was an essay test with the blue books, you know those that you write the essay in or short answers, the scene was a little different, but the feeling behind it was exact, the, the exact same thing. So here's what I would do. So an even, the night before the Scantron test, as I'm drifting off to sleep, my body is still. I've got into what Neville calls the state akin to sleep. I'm just relaxed. Almost drifting off to sleep. My body's calm. And then I put myself in imagination in the classroom. And I, depending on the class, if it was a history class, I'd put myself in my desk in the history class. And I would just sit there for a minute in class, in my imagination, 
I could hear the of the air the window unit air conditioner, and I could see if I were to look around, I'd see this my classmates there, and I would just get into that scene, but make there here and then now. I would put myself in my classroom the next day right then while I was in bed. Do you understand what I mean? Making here or there here and then now. I was making it a first person present tense experience. And I would feel the I'd feel everything. I was in my desk, pencil in hand, and I would just kind of look around, notice the noises, the the scratching of pencils on paper. And I wasn't trying to create details. I was actually occupying that state, that moment, and experiencing what I experienced in that moment. But when I, and here's what uh, Neville and 2020 talk about. I had no idea what I was doing, what the, they have terms for it, but I would take that scene and collapse it to a point. And the, the whole reason I'm doing the scene was to get to the point to where me being finishing my test and whether if it were a Scantron, then I'd in that scene, I'm putting my pencil down and next to the Scantron, the filled out Scantron form, answer sheet. And I collapse it down to that point of me being done with the tests, pencil cl clicking onto the, onto the desk and that feeling of, oh, I nailed it. I got this. And that's just that this overwhelming feeling of I passed it. I passed another one. And I let I collapsed onto that feeling and I dwelt in that feeling. And again, I didn't know the terms. I had no idea I was what I was doing was what Neville would be talking about in 2020 and me now. But I was dwelling in that moment, in that state in that scene until I felt the tones of reality. I felt it to be true and knew it to be true that I passed another test, did it. And then I would drift off to sleep or not. I might not fall asleep, but I didn't keep dwelling on it once I knew I had accomplished it, that I had done it. I had passed the test in imagination. Again, back then, this is 1990, early 92, 93, I didn't, uh, I didn't call it that. I would have, if somebody had asked me, if I dared to talk to my uh, family or friends about the power of the subconscious mind, I would have said I'm impressing upon the subconscious my desire or whatever. But what I was doing was feeling it to be real. I was going into imagination, occupying that state of test passer, <laughs> of, of straight A student, that feeling of accomplishment. That, ah, oh, I got it. I did it again. Not, it wasn't a relief, a feeling of, oh, thank God that's over. Oh, shit, he's going to fail me. I think I got a few wrong. Nothing like that. I didn't dwell on what the, a doubtful mind or what I would have been thinking in the years prior to that when I was going to school. I just knew I passed it. Now, every time that I did that, and there were times that I didn't. I would honestly, I'd maybe just get lazy or not feel like it, sitting down to program my subconscious mind. 
but I never made less than a 96% on my tests, whether written or uh, answer key, uh, Scantron, never made less than a 96. And yeah, I did quickly go through school to, and, and did graduate with honors. But I was the same person. I'm, I was still Mike, you know, what my son's called the dumbass. But I was using my imagination and occupying. I, I moved states from just goofing off, uh, you know, the typical college kid that screws up and fails out of, flunks out of school to this new state of good student or uh, honor student. I, I had not imagined graduating with honors. That's not the point. Uh, and I could have. I could have. I didn't have to do every test. Now I know that. I didn't have to go into imagination every night and imagine me passing that test every night. Although, that's fun. I, I knew, every, when I, the nights I did it, I knew without a doubt I was going to pass the test. I could have just imagined the end of each semester getting my grades in the mail and the, the experience, the excitement of opening, pulling open the letter, the report card. Or I could have gone straight to me graduating or my parents hugging me, congratulating me on uh, graduation. I could have done all kinds of scenes to imply me passing and passing with uh, very good grades. But that was what I did then. I didn't know what I know now on how easy it is. To me, for me back then, it was just a tool. I didn't apply this principle to every aspect of my life. I didn't apply it to my personal life other than grades just the test. That's all I focused on. And so for me, it was using it as a tool to pass a test. Kind of like uh, I've done now, and some people I know, use, go, use these tools to pay this bill. Oh God, let me imagine relief. Let me just imagine getting through this week. Okay, I'm going to imagine getting through Sunday because I can't stand going to lunch with my family. It, using it as a Band-Aid approach, which is kind of what I was doing when I was doing that with the tests. Instead of just looking at it as getting through this week, or getting past this test, what would, it, what would it feel like to be done? What's something that would imply I was a graduate and I graduated with honors? Or what's, what's a scene that would imply that I am happily married or financially free or a community leader? What's a scene, something that I could go to in imagination, conjure up this scene and put myself into that scene and plant that seed, knowing that it's the implication. The power of the scene is the implication, what it implies, that whatever your wish is, that it's fulfilled. And you bring about the tones of reality in that scene or that feeling. Ask yourself, what would the feeling be like? What would it feel like if I was a business leader or if I was the new city councilman? What would it feel like if I were the new police juror? All of these things, just imagine a scene that implies 
you've not only won that elected seat, but you've had it for a while. It's not election night, but maybe it's the swearing in or your first council meeting. Whatever it is, I would suggest picking something that would naturally fall after that your wish is already fulfilled, not the moment of your wish fulfillment. Let me read a quote from uh, Neville's Awakened Imagination. Construct a drama which implies that your desire is realized and make it one which involves movement of self. Immobilize your outer physical self. Act precisely as though you were going to take a nap and start to... Uh, start the... What the hell? I can't read my own handwriting, and it's decent handwriting today. Let me try it again. Construct, I'll just edit all this out, and you won't even know that I made this mistake. Uh, okay. Here's a quote from Awakened Imagination. Construct a drama which implies that your desire is realized, and make it one which involves movement of self. Immobilize your outer physical self, Act as though you were going to take a nap and start the predetermined action in imagination. Imagine yourself into the scene. Now, he says in here to get, you know, get to where you're taking a nap or it's like you're taking a nap. This is an earlier book and he begins, uh, one, some of his other books and lectures he talks about getting into the state akin to sleep. Uh, I like the nap part. I love naps. But the key is to just quiet the body down. And it makes it so much easier to awaken the imagination and go within and enter a scene, occupy this new state, this desired state, the state of your wish fulfilled. Joseph Murphy would have called it impressing the subconscious maybe. But it's this time where you're quiet, your body's still. Your breathing is regular, slowed down a little bit. Your heart is steady. And imagine that scene. Enter that drama that you've conjured in your imagination and make it first-person experience through your own eyes, like I did when I back in college, sitting there at a desk, my desk, pencil in hand, tapping it down on the table, on the desk, in that feeling of, oh, I passed another one. I got this. Make it about you and the fulfillment of your wish. First-person experience. And the same for a loved one. But still put yourself, make you yourself in, the, in your imaginal scene. Never seeing yourself like you're watching a home video of yourself. You're always experiencing it first person. And the key though, the key in the imaginal act is not the actual scene. It's your belief, your knowing that the change happened, that you were successful in that imaginal act. So when it comes down to it, it's assuming that your wish is fulfilled. Capturing that mood. It's a mood. What would it feel like? How would I see the world differently? How would they see me? How would I react? Well, in this new state, this new state of being, my mood is different. My reactions are different. 
and then explore. Have fun with this. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty.